Why is this necessary? Are there any alternatives that are less traumatic, less stressful, right? It's again, coaching essentially your client, the mom to be able to have those kind of conversations. Because at the end of the day, I can't have that conversation because I can't approve anything, right? It's not my body. I'm not the one having the baby. Hi everyone, welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn more about how to navigate the healthcare system and understand health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita Boston-Fisher, a health educator with a passion for meeting people where they are. Today's guest is Ms. Tamara Mason. She's a public health professional, consultant, and advocate who works to improve the health and well-being of marginalized communities. Among the many hats that Tamara wears, she is a certified labor doula, and I am so excited to have her here to talk to us about what a doula is and what a doula does, because if you follow the podcast, you would know that we had a midwife speak about the benefits of being a doula. That midwife was Shani Robertson. We had Kimberly Seals Allers come talk to us about the Earth app and how it's working to alleviate bias and maternal health outcomes. And she spoke about the benefits of having a doula. And so today we have a doula to tell us what on earth is a doula. So Tamara is here to demystify that whole process. I'm so excited about it. So grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hello, Tamara. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you so much for coming. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes. First of all, thank you so much, Nikita, for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and to talk about all the things we're going to talk about. My name is Tamara Mason. I am a public health professional, consultant, and advocate. I have my MPH, my Master of Public Health degree from Emory University. That's what actually brought me here to Atlanta 20 years ago. Clearly, I loved Atlanta so much that I've never left. Wow. (laughs) But in terms of professionally, I wear a few hats. I feel like many of us do. So my full-time day job is I'm the Director of Maternal and Child Health Collective impact for the March of Dimes here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm in that position, I'm pretty much the lead person trying to reduce the inequities in preterm birth, maternal mortality, and infant mortality here in Atlanta. And then as an entrepreneur, which is how Nikita and I first met, I have my own public health firm called Mason Consulting Incorporated LLC. And we focus on reducing the health inequities amongst marginalized populations. And we do this by using a social justice lens. And through my business, one of the services that I provide is being a certified labor doula. Awesome. You are a busy lady. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And also, you know, full-time working mom and wife. We also have two elementary school children here. So it's never a dull day. Well, I'm so excited that you made time for us today. And as I mentioned, I want you to talk about being a doula. I had the pleasure of speaking to Kimberly Seals Allers about her Earth app, and she's also a champion of doulas. So I'm here for us to fill in the gap for everyone on what a doula is and what a doula does. So but first, tell us, Tamara, why did you choose to become a doula? That is a great question. Honestly, I think because of my own experience, my own birthing experiences, which were very different with both of my children. My son was born in 2012 and my daughter was two years later in 2014. And condensed version for my son, I felt wonderful during my pregnancy, paid tennis like two months up until he was due. 
Yeah. But midway through my pregnancy, I was diagnosed with a condition called intrauterine growth restriction, IUGR. I had never heard of it. And basically what it means is that your placenta is not working as it should. And still to this day, I don't know why my placenta was not working as it should. But what that meant for my pregnancy is that my son was growing very small inside of me. And so when I was diagnosed, basically midway through my pregnancy, they essentially told me, we don't think that you'll go full term and it will probably get to a point where you will need to have a C-section and we will need to get your son out of you. So fast forward, my son actually did make it to 36 weeks, which was, is, yes, it's still technically preterm. He was 37 weeks and under your considered preterm. But even though he made it, you know, pretty far along because of the IUGR, he was very small. He was three pounds, three ounces. And I ended up having to have an emergency C-section. And pretty much, you know, it was my husband and I navigating all this by myself. I honestly don't think at that time I had really heard of a doula or really thought of a doula, but I think just what really stuck out for me. Um, so my mom was passed by that time. My husband's family lives in Arkansas. And so pretty much was us like trying to figure it out, you know, and that's one of the main things we'll get to that in terms of a doula is that they provide support for the mom, the birthing mom and her partner. And I, we just did not have that additional layer of support. Right. Mm -hmm. And then compared to my daughter who was born two years later in 2014, Totally different experience. I mean, the pregnancy, I hated being pregnant, partly <laughs> probably because I'm sure I also had a toddler running around and I was just exhausted. But physically, um, she was fine. Like I didn't have the IUGR. She was a big baby. She was like eight pounds, 12 ounces. Mm -hmm. I was able to have a vaginal delivery. Even after having a C-section, they call that a V-back. Yeah. And even with that, you know, I had to advocate. My husband and I advocated, you know, for that for myself. But again, you know, I just wonder what it would have been like if we did have a doula and another layer of support. So I think that, yeah, my experiences, it just kind of rested in my spirit. And then when I started to hear about a doula, I was like, I think I want to do that. And so I had had that thought for a couple of years and just honestly, couldn't figure out how to become a doula via the training because pre-pandemic was at, which as it should, it's a pretty intense training. It's anywhere from like 20 to 30 hours, like consecutively. And I just couldn't figure out, you know, how to get away for a weekend with two small children and a husband who travels. And when the pandemic hit and everything became virtual, including doula trainings, I said to my husband one weekend, it was like April, April, 2020. I was like, which um, he's great. And he's a great partner and support, but I was like, you're just going to have to hold it down this weekend. And I literally was like locked up in our office for a weekend, completing that training. And here I am. <laughs> now you're a trained doula, achieved yes. your goal. So tell us what is a doula? Yes. And there are different types of doulas. So first I would like to uplift that. I'm a certified labor doula, which means that I am trained to support a woman and her partner before she gives birth, during pregnancy, and a little bit afterwards, the, the postnatal period. But there's also, you can become a postpartum doula, which that type of doula, it's just strictly after the person has given birth and more so focusing on both the mom and the child, helping with like breastfeeding. If you're going to breastfeed, sometimes helping a mom sleep. There are also bereavement doulas, which I just mm -hmm. learned about, which, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, folks lose their child, but they're doulas that help, you know, through that process, grief. Yeah. So that's, first of all, I just want to uplift that there are different types. But that's really awesome because 
I feel like not everybody would, I I'm, actually, I know for a fact probably that not everybody knows what they would say or how to comfort someone who has lost mm-hmm. an infant. So it's really nice that there's that specific category of doula to guide you through that. Yes, absolutely. I've discovered that, I think you said it's the postpartum one, that they help right. with siblings too. Yes. I think helping siblings adjust to the new baby, you know, oh. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. So I am the first type that I mentioned, a certified Mm -hmm. labor doula, which again means that I'm trained. Well, first to back up a little bit, that doulas are non-clinical professionals. I think that that trained, non-clinical trained professionals. I also think that that's important um, because sometimes there's confusion in terms of, oh, if I have a doula, then I don't need a provider to deliver the baby. No, you need the provider to deliver the baby. So whether that's, you know, you're going quote unquote, the traditional route of an OBGYN in the hospital, or you're going the midwife route, which you've spoken to a couple of midwives and, you know, midwives, they can be at the hospital, they can be at a birthing center, they could be at your home doing a word of birth. But the point is you do need also the professional to actually deliver the baby. I am not a medical person. I'm not trained to deliver babies. So doulas, we provide emotional support. We provide informational support. We also provide physical support in tandem with whoever the, you know, medical professional is during the pregnancy when we are able to actually be there. Unfortunately, you know, with the pandemic right now, a lot of hospitals as doulas were still not allowed in. I shouldn't say we're not allowed, but they're limiting the number of support people that women can have. So of course, most women are going to choose their partner, whether it's a husband, baby daddy, whatever, over a doula, right? But when we are in the hospital and able to be there, we also can provide, you know, physical comfort measures that we've talked about with our client, with the birthing mom of what she would like to do during her experience of giving birth. But I think another really important point is that the doula is part of the birthing team and is part of the care team. Because again, we can't actually deliver the baby. So we have to work with that provider who is going to deliver the baby. And of course the nurses, if we're in the hospital. So I think that's another important point, but long-winded way of saying a doula is a, is a trained non-clinical professional who provides support. That support can be informational, emotional, physical, and also spiritual to a mom, birthing person, birthing woman and her partner. <laughs> Thank you. Great and thorough. Can you give an example of what that support might look like? Sure, absolutely. So you may have heard the term, you know, birth plan. So that's definitely something that as a doula, I talk about with my clients. So the the main thing for me is I want my clients to have whatever birthing experience, birthing journey, and they may not even have really thought about it, right? So that comes out in some of our conversations for what your birthing journey, what your birthing experience you want it to be, I want to help you achieve that. And so one way to do that is by having a conversation around, well, okay, what's your birthing plan? And so as part of that birthing plan, I'm providing information, but the client is also giving me information. So from the mundane, right? So do you want to have candles and music wherever you're giving birth, whether it's in the hospital, the home or the birthing center to, do you want immediate skin to skin contact, you know, after your baby is delivered? Do you want, do you or your support person, do you want them to, you know, cut the umbilical cord? So all those kinds of things, which again, you may not even have thought of it. So having that conversation, going through that is a way of providing the information, providing support and having these kinds 
widens the conversation. So I think that's one very concrete way um, that doulas provide information and support. That's really interesting. So with the answer to these questions, are you then going to speak up if I forget? Like, is yes. that part of it? Okay. That's part of it. So I'll, okay. I'll give you a quick story. So my main client is actually a virtual client. So again, you know, with the pandemic, not really able to be in person. And so I pivoted my services as a doula and I was like, you know what? There are pregnant people all over the country, <laughs> pregnant people who have right. questions, can, you know, need support and we can do it virtually. We can do it via Zoom, just like how we're chatting via Zoom, via telephone, text. So anyway, my client, you know, we had that birthing plan discussion with her husband, her partner is her husband via Zoom. And we honestly had a great time, right? Having that conversation and going through that. And she was supposed to be due in October. Well, she ended up having her baby at the end of July, mm. 30 weeks having her baby early. And anyway, as we're texting, you know, my, my main objective at that point, because I'm like, I just, I don't want you to panic. Let's just try to keep calm as much as we can. She ended up having to have a C-section is not what she wanted, but we're past that. This is all via text message, right? But we're <laughs> past that point. And so we're going to trust the providers and the doctors that they know what they're doing. They will do the best for the C-section. But remember you talked about in your birth plan that you wanted to have skin to skin contact as soon as possible. So I reminded her of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also let her know because the baby was early, essentially, the baby is going to have to go to NICU. I don't want to focus on that right now. I want you to freak out, but just so that, you know, mentally you're aware of that. Right. right. So, yeah. So I, that, you know, is a little unusual in terms of the reminder and how it happened. But yes, we remind them of, you know, essentially what you said, because sometimes when you get in there, it's like, wait, what? What's happening? What's going on? It's a lot going on. And another thing, too, a lot of times that we speak with our clients about, particularly the ones who are like, they really would like to have a natural birth, you know, like some sort of cold word, like, let's talk through this <laughs> and mm -hmm. as much as you can, you know, hold off from having any kind of drugs, if that's what you want to do, let's have a cold word. If it really gets to a point where you're like, okay, no, I can't, I can't do this. I, I do need those drugs. So <laughs> we talk about that too. <laughs> I like that because I'm trying to imagine, and I'm obviously going to ask you this to be my next question, but I imagine like a birthing room is very stressful. And so you may have had a beautiful list of things, but you exactly. step in there and the pain hits you and you totally forget all that you kind of wrote down. So I'm envisioning that maybe you're there. Remember you said you want your husband to cut the umbilical cord or you remember this or that, and then you can. Yes. And that's also to where the comfort measures come into place mm -hmm. that, you know, we've also talked about as well as we're discussing the birth plan, just a different, you know, ways that you can feel more comfortable, right, while you're laboring and going through some of that. So whether it's, you know, changing the position, some you can, you know, get in the shower, have the water running to, you know, for the heat from the shower to help with some of that pain and pressure, just changing different positions, maybe kneeling, but all of that sort of stuff, right? We have talked about beforehand, again, in the birthing plan conversation. And so that's the time really then where that comes into play. And it's like, okay, after we go through all of that and our breathing and all the other encouraging things that we said, if it's still at a point that you're like, okay, no, here's the cold word, then that's okay. No judgment. And we move on. So tell me, what does a doula 
in the labor room actually look like? What what role do you play? I presume maybe you have to tell the doctor ahead of time that this is Tamara. She's my person. She's allowed here and listen to whatever she says. Like, how does that work? (laughs) And then tell me how that now translates when you do it online. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in the ideal world, the mom has told her provider that she has a doula. Ideally, it would be great if the doula and the provider can connect, you know, beforehand. And to be honest with you, that that doesn't happen a lot. You know, they're busy and they're also, I hope that this changes and gets better. You know, not everyone is a fan of a doula in terms of, you know, providers. So there's sometimes some of that energy that you're working through, but definitely at the bare minimum, the provider hopefully knows that the client has a doula. And so when you arrive to the hospital, you know, they've let them know this is my person and whatever the clearance is, because hospitals have different processes, you receive your clearance, and then you're able to be in the room with the mom and whoever else is there. And again, we broker the relationships, right? Because again, everyone may not be super excited that you're there. So we have to have a spirit of humbleness. At least this is my philosophy. You have to have a spirit of humbleness about you and just, you know, letting folks know that again, I'm here, I'm a part of the team. I'm not, but I'm not a medical person. So I'm not going to overstep my boundaries and any of that stuff, but I'm here to support my client. We've talked about, you know, she knows her body. What are some of the things that can provide her comfort through this process. But the other important thing is that doulas and providers feel this way. At the end of the day, we want a safe birth where both the mom and the baby are fine. So if, you know, it's a medical situation where some of these comfort measures have to be thrown out the window, we have to do something else medically, I'm always going to go with that and defer to that because if it's medically necessary, we want the mom and the baby to be healthy. That's the ultimate goal. And that's also the other thing that, you know, I tell my clients um, that at the end of the day, like we were joking around, yes, we have this, we may have this lovely plan, but sometimes things don't go according to plan. And if it's medically necessary for you and your baby to survive, that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, so that's pretty much, you know there in in the midst of it (laughs) and then once the baby comes and everything is situated and you know mom is going to recovery room and baby is is going to their room you know we remove ourselves from the process let a let the mom rest let them have some bonding time and then we follow up you know with the mom in terms of postpartum like how soon would you like me to again this is when we were doing things in person right how soon would you like me to come by and check in on you and the baby just see how things and now that's what we move into the postpartum stage which even though I'm not officially a postpartum doula in general I know what we're supposed to be talking about during that time, right? So now it's the person is at home, baby and family are at home. What are your routines? Let's talk through them. Do you have any support? Are you sleeping? Are you switching off with dad? How's breastfeeding going? All of those kind of conversations is what happens like in the postpartum time. And the postpartum, as a certified labor doula, postpartum, it's like two, three visits max. And then like okay no it's interesting that you mentioned postpartum is like two three visits max how many visits do you have in preparation for the birth most doulas including myself we have a contract and so all of this is spelled out in the contract and so it varies I'm pretty hands-on probably because I've just I'm just starting so it's like 
I, and I just honestly right now have one client. So I'm in contact with her like every week, right? <laughs> now how that'll change and look, you know, once I get a more robust practice, we'll see. But all of that is spelled out in the contract. And so like, for example, in person, in my contract, it's like 12 hours of like labor support in person mm-hmm. in the hospital as per the contract. And then after that, you know, some different numbers, but essentially, sure. and that's pretty much going to cover most people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me about how does virtual, how does that work? Do we roll an iPad in? That was the plan. You know, I didn't get to yeah. do that since so she had an emergency C-section, but yes, we were talking about, you know, she had confirmed with the hospital that it would be okay for me to be on Zoom, you know, while she was like, if she had, you know, gotten to the point where she labored and all of that, and it wasn't essentially an emergency situation. So yes, that was going to be the plan. So that would have been interesting. But we didn't have that experience and she got into a situation where she needed to essentially have an emergency C-section. Yeah. Now let's go back to when you mentioned that some providers are not always excited about having a doula there. Why do you think that is and how do you work to alleviate that? I think it's like a couple of things. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, all of us doctors are, they're the experts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and they are in a lot of ways, right? They went to what, how many years of schooling, (laughs) college, and then four more years of med school, and then a residency, and then some of them do a fellowship. So I think there is this notion, not just by them, by all of us, that you are the expert, right? You have all of this training and knowledge that I definitely don't have as a doula. Like I didn't go to med school, so I don't have that, that level of knowledge. So I think that there's some of that there. And then I think it's less now. I do think some providers may see having a doula is just, you know, it's not traditional. It's not the standard. And again, I think that's changing because as the field, as it should be, is uplifted more and really the benefits of a doula and on folks just in general, lay people, but also medical providers are exposed to us more and see our value. That is changing. But there is still some of that as well, that this is you know, non-traditional, it's outside of the traditional medical establishment. So why are you here sort of energy? And so again, the way I deal with it, which is honestly, that's, that's how I am professionally in anything that I do is just approaching things with a spirit of humbleness. I never present myself as the expert in terms of, I know more than anyone else. I just think that that's, that's not productive. So it's, you know, I'm here because my client wants me to be here. I provide a different level of service and a different level of support. And I'm excited to be able to work in tandem with you to achieve what we all want to achieve, which is a healthy birth and a healthy baby. So that's how I approach it. Very nice. Do, do you ever feel intimidated going into that uh, conversation? Not yet. But in general, I, I'm not really intimidated by folks because even though I say I'm not an expert, I am an expert. Though. <laughs> I may not present myself that way, but I do have expertise and knowledge. And I also have, which I think is a great benefit of a doula. I also have lived experience, right? Like I'm a mom. I've went through this two times. So even though, no, you know, I'm not a doctor, I have lived experience. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm an expert in my own right. So (laughs) you sure are. Lived experience is necessary and important experience to draw on. Let's talk about the benefits of being a doula. Mm -hmm. And I know particularly for black and brown birth and mamas, having a doula is extremely beneficial towards the maternal mortality rate. And could you talk to me a little bit about 
what is the magic of doulas in this situation? Why does having a doula help with the birth outcome so positively? That's a great question. I think it's a couple of things. I think, you know, some of it is cultural congruence, for lack of a better word, right? Like uh, if your doula looks like you, which your doula doesn't have to look like you, but for some folks that is important. They want someone, you know, who looks like them and who may share some, you know, again, just some similar lived experiences. So I think that that definitely makes a difference if that's, if that's the case. But I also think and I had to give credit to my, my, I guess, doula mentor who trained me, Alicia Douglas. Shout out to you, Alicia, who she termed, she coined this term. A doula is your, it's your birthing BFF, right? So you have this one person, whether they look like you or not, they're all about you. They're all about you and your birthing experience, your birthing journey, trying to make sure whatever experience you want to have, whatever journey you have, you you have that by getting you the information that you need, the support that you need. So I definitely think that that's something there, right? Just in general, like for any of us, if you have a, a dedicated person for you to help you guide through this process, that's make the experience better. So I think that's another key piece. And then I think another final piece is also at the end of the day, we want to empower our clients, right? Like you are the your best advocate, like you know your body, you are an expert in that. And so we encourage you to advocate for yourself, encourage your partner to advocate for you. And so I think that's the other really important piece as well. And then just in terms of, you know, some of the benefits like based on research, and there's starting to be more research now about the benefits of doulas. So women who have doulas tend to have less C-sections, even though that didn't happen in this case with my client, but they do tend to have less C-sections. They also tend to have like less labor time that they're actually like laboring. Also less likely to have their baby or the provider using a forceps to deliver their baby, which can be traumatic to the baby. And also in general, women who have doulas, they say that they just feel more satisfied with the entire you know, experience, which again, to me, that's probably really one of the most important points because that's what we are. We're your birth BFF. So we want you to have the best experience that you can. That's amazing. For some of the things you mentioned are less interventions, it sounds like. Okay, mm-hmm. so lower rate of C-section, less use of forceps. Why is that? Is is it that the doula is kind of saying, oh, do you really need to do this? Or like, what? What's, yes, what's- and not okay. even us, right? The mom advocating for herself. Because at the end of the day, I'm not the one having the baby, right? But I think, uh, I don't want to say a lot of times, but in the past, right, we just take what they say to us. Like, oh, this is necessary. Okay. But now it's, okay, you're saying this is necessary. Why is this necessary? Are there any alternatives that are less traumatic, less stressful, right? It's again, coaching essentially your client, the mom to be able to have those kind of conversations. Because at the end of the day, I can't have that conversation because I can't approve anything, right? It's not my body. I'm not the one having the baby. But if the mom and her partner can advocate for themselves and have these kinds of conversations, which lead to different responses, right? And sometimes different outcomes. That's really what the key is, I think. But before, it's just like, okay, you said I need to do this, fine. I'm not asking any follow-up questions. You know what I mean? That's amazing. I love that example. Based on your experience and what you know, being a maternal health advocate in your own right. How do you recommend that moms advocate for themselves or pregnant people? 
Like, what are some tips you would give for when they're going into have a baby? Yeah, <laughs> I think the first a couple of things. I think it's um, really important to have a conversation with your partner, what whatever version is, whether it's husband whatever with your partner, right? Because it's taken two of you to get to this place of parenthood. So just, you know, the starting off conversation of how are you feeling about, about to become a parent? Just what do you think it's going to be like? Some of those conversations, I remember one conversation my husband and I had for our first child, who is our son, Du Bois. I just had a moment where I freaked out about, you know, we're about to bring another black male into this world and black males get killed. And what are we doing? But yeah, being able to have that kind of honest conversation with him really, A, it calmed me down, but really made me feel like, yeah, we're in this together, right? So I think that's the first step because I know a lot of times, which as it should be, it's the mom, right? She's giving birth and the life is growing inside her. A lot of times we focus just on the mom. And so that's another important part of being the doula. And what I always tell my clients that support for you and your partner. But I think that that's the first part, you know, the the partners having conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And encouraging them. Secondly, that there is a lot of great information out there on the internet. Sometimes the internet can <laughs> lead you wrong, but there is a lot of great information. So just starting to do your own research and, you know, things that may interest you. Like I know my client, she was definitely interested in breastfeeding because she was like, I really want to try to make this happen. So, you know, whatever you already may know that you're interested in researching that. And then I think everyone should have a doula. If you get to that place that you do have a doula and there, you know, there's certain questions that I think that you should ask a doula, but then also letting your doula know what are your, for lack of a better word, what are your areas of concern? What are you thinking about? Where do you need more information? You know, as you interact with the person and you go through that process, that's how you, that's how they learn to become an advocate for themselves because it's like, okay, here's this information, but what do you think about this? And then what other questions you know, can you ask related to this information, right? That's a, sort of where that training of asking the follow-up questions come in. So. so it sounds like for you then, part of being a better advocate for yourself is preparation yes. and research. Okay. To me, that's important because I feel like a lot of times in the past, we just, you know, we go into these doctor's offices as a blank slate and it's just like, okay, whatever you say, that's it then. But it's because mm -hmm. we had no information prior. So again, we don't know even what to ask or if there is any contrasting information, right? So I feel like if we don't go in as a blank slate and we have some sort of information, that's how you're going to have dialogue, right? Because just Absolutely. like anything else, like we can't have an informed dialogue if you have all the information and I have none, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it also our culture plays into it a little bit as well, because Absolutely. some people are like, oh, no, I must defer. I, who am I to right. ask a question, you know? So to the I think expert, to the authority. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But we, I feel like we have to move past that, partly yes. because black and brown mamas and babies are dying. Right. As a result. We, uh -huh. Right. Exactly. And also because at the end of the day, like you are your you're the best expert on yourself and your body. So yes, this person has this, you know, medical knowledge, all this years of schooling and training, but 
they have not lived as you in your body. Yes. <laughs> so, so together yeah. we had to work together, right? You with all your fancy medical knowledge and me with my great lived experience of living in my body for however many years. <laughs> Amen. So you're building confidence as well. And that's really important. Yes. I've actually never thought about it that way, but yes, I agree. I think so. Yeah. And that is important. Yeah. Tamara, if someone decides that they want a doula, what should they be looking for? They should look for, well, first of all, I'm a big referral person. So I would, you know, just ask, I call it the mommy network. Whoever your mommy network is, I would start to ask around in my mommy parent network, you know, has, and it's becoming more common now. Has anyone ever used a doula? If you did use a doula, would you mind sharing that information? Also, some providers are getting better about this, that they keep the information of the doulas on file that they've worked with. And they can also refer. So that's, I think that's the first thing, getting a referral. I'm a big referral person just in general, but definitely for something like a doula. And then the next thing that you're going to do is um, it's similar to, right? Like interviewing your OBGYN or interviewing the pediatrician. Like there are some questions that you should ask. Like you should ask, is the person trained and certified? Because some people do practice without trainings and certifications. So if it's important to you that your person is like certified, you should definitely ask that question. Also just ask them, you know, what's their philosophy? Like you've heard me talk a lot about, you know, my philosophy and what I believe in how I would like my clients to go through this experience. So ask them what's their philosophy and then do get down to sort of like the nitty gritty, you know, is there a contract? What's your fee? Like you need that information as well uh-huh. too. Yeah. So those are definitely some of the basic ones to start off with. Oh, another one that I think folks should ask because some, you know, doulas do have a robust client base. Ask them, you know, pretty much like how many clients do they have a month and just sort of like, are you basically going to be able to get the support that you need? You know what I mean? Okay. That kind of quest, those kind of questions and figuring that out. And then does a doula, which most of us do as doulas have, does she have a backup doula? So those sorts of things. Are some That's good a great questions. point, actually, because mm-hmm. heaven forbid, I suppose, client number two goes into labor while you're with client number right. one and then you can't make it. Okay. Exactly. Yes. So do you stay, do you stay there typically for the length of the birth from like time to water breaks to the time the baby's out? Or is that something you also discuss in your contract? You discuss, but like I said, like in my contract is being transparent. It's 12 hours. Like once you say you're ready for me to get to the hospital, it's like 12 hours of, you know, consecutive time there in the hospital. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, each person is different. And in general too, I do feel like providers, especially if you're going into the hospital, they encourage you for the early early labor because they're like three stages of labor for early labor for you if you can to like labor at home because you're just you're going to be more comfortable at home and then when it's like you're getting you know either water is broken or you're getting close to that it's like okay come in and so at that point that's a lot of times when folks are like you know for their doula to come to the hospital bed nice are there any myths or misconceptions about doulas that you would like to dispel We talked about some of them just in terms of, you know, that were not traditional. Also, again, some people may be confused in terms of you you can have a doula. That's a part of that person is a part of the team, the birth team, the care team. But you do need a trained medical provider who was going to deliver the baby like a doula does not replace that person. I think those are the main the main two. Oh, the other one I would also like to put out there is that 
doulas are affordable. Most of us doulas, we either, you know, we can work with you in terms of the payment, whether it's like a payment payment plan. Some doulas have sliding fee scales. So I don't want folks to think, you know, oh, that's not for me. That's just a white lady thing. Doulas are affordable. And there's also just recently, I just read about this um, like two days ago. So Dove, you know, like Dove Soap, in collaboration mm-hmm. with a great organization called Black Mamas Matter Alliance, they've started a birth equity fund where they mm-hmm. are going to give, I think it's like $1,300 to women to help them pay for a doula. You know, yes, women do have to apply. It's they're calling it like a scholarship, but that's amazing. So like mm-hmm. just Google Dove birth equity fund, but that's available right now. You know, I do hope we get to a point that doulas can be like community based. And I know different organizations, states are, are working towards that. I don't think we're quite fully there. But I say all that to say that um, I just don't want people to off the bat be like, oh, I can't afford that. It's not affordable. There are ways, you know, to get a doula if you really want one. Shoot, you could start a, you know, like how they have the honey fund for your honeymoon. Start you a doula fund if it's really important to you. That's brilliant. <laughs> Ask people to donate to, to your doula fund. So, but there are resources out there and I do definitely want to uplift the one. It's very new again by Dove Birth Equity Fund. When you say you're hoping that doulas become community-based, what do you mean by that? So just like how, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like if you're going to give birth, you have to have a medical provider, right? Mm -hmm. To give birth. So I just hope that we get to a point that everyone, like everyone has a doula, whether it's, you know, insurance, it's a, you know, covered insurance costs, or there are more of these birth equity funds, but it's just kind of like the expectation, like, yes, I'm going to have a doula as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've mentioned the expression birth team a lot. Who is on a birth team? Who do you think should be on a birth team? Yeah. So definitely, again, the medical provider is going to deliver the baby, nurses, a doula, um, but lactation consultants. You know, you can talk to a lactation consultant prior to having a baby if you if you really mm-hmm. know you want to breastfeed. Like you don't have to wait until the baby is here. I think. We're not there yet, but mental health, you know, uh, postpartum depression, anxiety, those are like the number one concerns for women after giving birth, which we're just starting to talk about more, but we don't talk about it enough. So I definitely think, you know, whoever your mental health type of person is, that person can be on the team, especially if you're already right, whatever, have issues with depression or anxiety and just sort of being proactive. But to start off, those are definitely some folks who can be on the BIRT team. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Tamara, for coming to demystify what a doula is for all of us. (laughs) If folks wanted to find you, maybe they want you to be their virtual doula. How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. They can reach me um, simply by email, Tamara at MasonConsultantInc.com or go to my website, which is www.MasonConsultantInc.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Tamara Mason, which there may be like hundreds of us, but (laughs) those are the best ways. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming. Thank you so much, Nikita. I enjoyed speaking with you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you heard something useful on today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you want to get in touch with Tamara, 
please do so. Her information is in the show notes. I trust that the doula process has now been demystified for you. See you in the cafe next time. Bye.